Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Kingfoot Podcast, a podcast that covers African football with an Egyptian flavor. This is your host Omar Khairallah, and with me today I've got Mustafa Shayati and Marwan Said. Welcome, boy guys. Hi, Omar. Hi, Marwan. Hi, Omar. Hi, and as usual, from the other side of the virtual glass, we've got Basil Hagazi, our brilliant editor. Today, just like last episode, we will be covering Al Ahli's uh, games in um, the CAF Champions League. Uh, more specifically, the final against uh, Wydad. The first game in Alexandria finished 1-1. Moment Zakaria scored in the uh, second minute, and then uh, Ben Sharqi, Wydad's main player, equalized 10 minutes later. Al Ahli pushed for the winner for uh, the rest of the game, but um, were uh, a bit unlucky with uh, not receiving uh, uh, a penalty call that uh, they uh, well deserved for Walid Azoru, who returned to um, missing chances and missed a glorious chance before Ben um, Sharqi equalized. And he also lost the ball in the build-up for uh, Wydad's goal. It's Wydad head back to Casablanca with a good advantage. They've scored their way goal. They are a very tough team to, to beat on their ground in the last 10 years in Africa. They've only lost one game in Morocco, but that was against Al-Ahli when uh, Romy Rabia scored that goal uh, under the reign of uh, Martin Yol. So, um, Marwan, um, give me your thoughts about the game, about uh, how Al-Badri approached the game, how uh, Widad countered Al-Ahli's uh, main threats. I think uh, Widad played it well, you know, uh, they went in for a draw and... Uh, they did, they minimized their losses and uh, it was a very, very good uh, draw for the team. Uh, I don't believe uh, many people expected that Widad will have such an, uh, a defensive approach, seeing that they're a very, very offensive team, but nonetheless, they, uh, they got what they wanted. Uh, obviously, a lot of us uh, thought that uh, Al-Ahli would, would start the game the way they did against Etwal and uh, they would get a big result. Uh, because they scored in the second minute and what was a similar uh, start to their match uh, to that game. But unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize uh, on that. But we've seen uh, that Al-Ahli missed a lot of chances to uh, go up. But, but if it wasn't for Widad's uh, very, very good uh, defensive tactics, it would have been a big score. But credit where it's due, Widad played that well and Al-Ahli have a lot to catch up on in the next match. Okay, um, um, Mustafa, how, how do you see the um, the approach of uh, Al Ahli? Were, were they did they aggressively push for uh, for goals, and that's why they conceded uh, a very important away goal on the counter, or was the approach well justified from Al Badri's side? Well, I don't think Al Ahli played too bad, to tell you the truth. Uh, with that, surprised everyone with how well organized defensively they were, very tactically aware. Uh, they had a good coach and they played with a good strategy, and the players implemented implemented it well. Ahli approached the game as they should, going for the win, playing at home in front of uh, massive uh, support in Burger Arab Stadium. Uh, and the goal came, yes, a counter, but a lot of defensive mistakes led to the goal. Uh, 
Ben Sharqi just jumped higher than uh, Saad Samir and went in for a goal that could have been avoided. Maybe the players were a bit overconfident after that 6-2 thrashing of uh, Etoile and after Egypt uh, going to the World Cup. I'm not sure. I I don't think the approach was bad. Uh, my main concern on El Badri was the substitution. Uh, I I I don't know why uh, he was a bit unfortunate with his choices of substitution. To tell you the truth. What would have you done differently regarding the substitutions, Mustafa? So, f- for starters, why would I play Hamoudi, who wasn't been playing regularly, and I put him in such, in, in such a big game? Two, why would I stay too long on Azaro? Walid Azaro has proved he, he has good movement. He scored in the previous a hat-trick in the previous match and he uh, broke his duck finally. But still, how can how can you give Ahmed Mithal five minutes or six minutes in the final and expect him to do something? Not to mention the Walid Suleiman risky substitution. I mean, all, all this honestly, the substitutions yesterday weren't as expected. I mean, we needed to do something with the game. You put on put on Hamoudi, who has been has not been playing regularly at all. And then wait too long for Azar, and then give Ahmed Metal just five minutes when you want a winner. I am not too convinced, honestly, with those uh, subs. You can't lay too much blame, I think, on uh, uh, specifically on uh, Walid Suleiman, you know, because no one expected that he would be injured uh, right after coming on. That's just bad luck. Uh, uh, I agree with you, though, on Hamoudi. I was personally very surprised he, he came on. But uh, I guess uh, he hasn't played for a while, but he wanted to make a statement. Sometimes we've seen in uh, these matches that these players, sometimes they can surprise you. But unfortunately, it was not there. But uh, I'm just talking about the, the Walid Suleiman incident. He was very unlucky to get injured. Yes, um, it was unfortunate. But still, we knew that he was carrying an injury. And coming uh, coming in was a bit risky. Maybe I would have done, I would have taken the same risk. But I mean, to be unlucky on three subs, I'm not sure that's luck. Yes, and I think um, I agree with you, Mustafa, especially on uh, on how long he waited for uh, to introduce Ahmed Metal with the Wadad's um, defensive approach. Al Ahli didn't really need much of Azaru's movement behind the defense because there was really no space and needed the experience and the presence of Ahmed Metal inside the box. And also, there is also a psychological factor of introducing someone like Ahmed Metal. Everyone knows he's, uh, he, he, he scores in, uh, in injury time. Everyone knows how experienced he is whether with, and how dominant he is inside the box, mainly whether with his uh, foot or with his um, head. And we've seen yesterday that he also um, threatened the goal, maybe with the only chance that uh, he managed to get in the uh, five or six minutes uh, that he had on the pitch. I think that Ahmed Metab issue... Is addressed uh, a lot, you know, but but we have to come to a, a realistic uh, conclusion or approach to it that Ahmed Metab won't get the minutes he deserves with Simon Badri due to personal off-field issues, and I think that's very very obvious with the way he has treated uh, Metab uh, over the past period ever since he took over. I'm, I'm sorry, yes, I agree with you 100%, but that's not about treatment now. We're talking about a tactic. We're talking about strategy. El Badri needs to win at home. And he has a striker of Ahmed Metab on the bench. If you decide to play him, 
you want to score goals. If you decide to play him, then give him some minutes to actually get the reward you want. But to play him for six minutes, other than the statement or the personal issues they got off the off the pitch, the shot that he had, I did not see Azaro do the same in the whole of the uh, 80 minutes he played. Um, okay, I think also Al-Ahli also suffered with the, the, the lack of creativity in, in midfield and, and they couldn't really progress the ball quickly and with accuracy enough from the defense up to the attack, mainly with the um, Romi Rabia and the Sulaya weren't really threatened defensively, but I think yesterday they didn't add much uh, on the attacking side. Um, Badri tried to address that in the last 10 minutes by playing Abdullah Saeed in the midfield. But Maron, what do you think is the best approach for this problem uh, in the final? I think um, Salah Goma is still injured. And now Walid Suleiman most probably won't be uh, back uh, for the game in uh, Morocco. So... Um, Would you, put, would you start with Abdullah Saeed right next to Sulayat and send Romy back uh, as a center back? Or uh, how would you fix that problem? Look, uh, we have to be honest and uh, realistic about it, you know. Uh, look at the past few years for Ahli. It's not like they have a, they had a deep-lying uh, playmaker uh, next to Hussam Asur over the years. I mean, Al-Ahli clearly, clearly uh, depend on their speed from the wings uh, and their, their uh, good uh, fullbacks. So to say that uh, Al-Ahli lacked creativity, yes, they did. We're not going to lie about that. But at the same time, over the past years, it's not like uh, they were very creative from that position either. It's, it, we all knew that it was uh, going to be a very uh, uphill task for Al-Badri's men uh, with, the, with the amount of players injured and such. But I feel that uh, playing uh, Abdullah Saeed next to Amr Sulaya would be a very risky move uh, because uh, you have no natural defensive uh, midfielder. So I think maybe if he does try to switch to a three-man midfield instead of playing two and Abdullah Saeed in front of them, uh, this would be a much more solid approach. Uh, but it's a big issue and uh, we all knew that... Uh, It's an, it's an uphill task for, for Sam al-Badri and he has to find the solution. But finding the solution now is very uh, tough for him. He has to look at the next transfer window to get a player that can play in that deep-lying defensive uh, uh, playmaker role uh, instead of uh, trying to solve it now because he doesn't have any natural players that can play in that position. Um, but uh, for now, he just has to go, in my opinion, with the same approach he's taken in uh, try to attack uh, on the wings uh, in, in, in Morocco because he has uh, very good uh, wingers, uh, very speedy wingers. The wingers, they have the experience, they can play. Uh, and for example, uh, Ajaye, he used to play in Tunisia, so he, he, he's used to North African uh, teams uh, and such. But uh, it's an uphill task uh, right now because uh, drawing 1-1 at home and going to a country like Morocco well, might be hard, but We, they've done it before. I, I mean, the Wydad haven't lost except one match over the past 10 years in the Champions League uh, uh, at home. And it was to Al-Ahli, like you said. So there's nothing uh, saying that uh, this cannot be repeated again against the same team. Mustafa, what do you think about this um, conundrum? Especially, uh, we've also shed the light maybe before the... Um, The Etwal game, the second game uh, mainly, that Al-Ahli can use Hisham Muhammad in that position. He's not 
experienced enough. We all know that he um, he didn't perform well at all in uh, the first leg against it all in Jesus. Uh, maybe it was the pressure and the, uh, the 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 size of the occasion. Is it worth taking the risk of playing someone like Hisham Muhammad and trying to use his creativity in the middle of the park? Or sticking with the same lineup and, uh, as Mahal mentioned, hoping that uh, uh, your wingers are on um, top form um, on the day. Well, my, my my answer would be easy here. I would go with uh, sticking to the current formation, current uh, players. I wouldn't risk starting Hisham Mohammed, who doesn't have a lot of experience. I don't blame uh, Rami uh, or Soleya. Uh, I think the whole team, including the coach, were a bit surprised of how well organized defensively Wudad were. Uh, and looking at the previous two matches against Etoile and against uh, 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 Esperance, they weren't, the teams weren't as solid defensively as Wudad. Uh, I mean, look at Ali Ma'lul. He had a decent first half. Second half, he was almost nowhere to be seen because the coach they subbed put in uh, a player to stop Ali Ma'lul's runs. They they were very well organized and this has caused trouble to all the attacking players. So be it Rabia, Hisham, Muhammad, Akram, Tawfiq, whoever it was, would have faced the same issue. I think Hisham Muhammad is a very similar player as well to uh, Amr Sulaya, so they would there wouldn't be much advantage to including him uh, because you still haven't solved that uh, lack of creativity issues uh, in, in midfield that Al-Ahli are facing at the moment. So this is why I said that he has to stick with the current formation like like what Mustafa just uh, clarified. And I think it's of great importance that next uh, the next window, Al-Ahli must look into bring uh, another player who can uh, dictate play uh, from the middle of the park. But I doubt that there's an Egyptian player currently uh, uh, available to do that in, in Egypt uh, at the moment. And right now they have three uh, foreign players uh, in their ranks and they can get a fourth uh, player. You're, you're only allowed to include the three players in the match they score. So I think it would uh, limit a bit the team's uh, presence of prolific players uh, around for uh, those kinds of matches. But I think it's an issue that the Al-Ahli must uh, address and they must put it on top of their list. Okay, and um, there was also maybe a problem that was for Ali that was raised today. We've seen at the end of the game last night, Ali Malul was um, holding his hamstring, indicating to Al Badri that uh, maybe he has a problem with it, his uh, right hamstring, if I'm not mistaken. And Al Badri had a quick chat with him after the final whistle, and um, he's going to to go um, for further scans in the upcoming days to see if he can make it um, um, for, for the for the return leg. So Al-Ahli is also facing the problem of maybe losing their star man in the last couple of games and he will be replaced with uh, Hussein Al-Sayed most probably. Um, on the other hand, Al-Wadad will also most probably miss uh, Mohamed Unajm 
who is their main um, threat along with uh, the goal scorer Ben Sharqi. So um, who you think, Mustafa, who do you think um, is, is the biggest loser? Al-Ahli with Ali Ma'lul or Wadad with uh, Muhammad Unajm? I think losing Ali Ma'lul would be a major blow. Uh, how well he performed uh, in the quarterfinal and the semifinal against uh, North African teams uh, would make Al-Ahli suffer a lot if he, if he can't make it to the final. Uh, I think uh, he has uh, been one of the best players, not for, not only for Ali but in the tournament as a whole. Uh, and if Ali loses Ali Malou on the left, although Hassan Said could perform in big games, uh, but honestly, the performance of Ali Malou the past few games was uh, really one of the best left back performances I've seen uh, in Ali and in Egypt for a while. So it would be a major, major blow uh, for Al-Ahli if he, if, he do, if he doesn't make it. Okay, and um, Marwan, um, do you think as an option, maybe as an attacking option uh, at the start of the game, or maybe as the game um, grows uh, next Saturday, starting maybe Ajay as another striker next to Azor, because uh, we all know Ahmed Mithab is, uh, is not going to be starting that game. And adding a winger and playing maybe a four-four-two or um, or maybe a four-one-three-two would be a better solution for Al Ahly, or uh, sticking to the same style that clearly with Ed we've seen they they've studied it well, they've known every single small detail about Al Ahly's uh, playing style. You think the surprise factor is uh, would be important uh, in the return leg, or uh, it would be too risky to change the style at this stage? I think uh, Lahli must uh, change their style uh, if they're go- going to uh, look to win uh, in Morocco. I believe that uh, having a two-striker stri- two formation is not that bad. But as you mentioned, uh, it could uh, offer you uh, several uh, other solutions. But I'm not sure if uh, Walid Azaro can play along with another striker because we, we all, all know that he will be starting uh, that match. Um, uh, so that remains to be seen. But I think a preferred situation at the moment is to place a three-man midfield with Abdullah Saeed trying to drop uh, deeper and uh, and a forward line of three players. Uh, that's, in my opinion, what could really work uh, against Wudad at the moment. And Mustafa, you think um, Al-Ahli are capable of uh, winning in Casablanca and maybe returning the, um, the fond memories of... Uh, the game in uh, in Tunisia against uh, Sofoxi with the Butreka's uh, famous killer goal, or you think it's um, it's too big of a of a mission for them? Ahli, Ahli have uh, taught us time and time again that they are capable of winning uh, any game anywhere, and nothing is impossible. Who would have thought that uh, Ahli uh, in 2006, uh, they actually withdrew the first leg, uh, I think it was in Cairo statement, it was a 1-1 draw. And then we went on to win after the Safakos uh, fans were already celebrating. I mean, we have to wait for the final whistle. We just uh, had one half of the game. Going back to your question and to answer it a bit more, uh, yes, Al-Ahli are capable of getting a score there. I'm not sure Al-Ahli will be able to win in 90 minutes, but uh, I think they can come back with the uh, with their ninth uh, title. 
I think the statement you were looking for is Al-Ahli Biman Hadar. And uh, for some reason, uh, after that match against uh, Etwail, uh, I started to believe uh, that it's uh, it's not just a made-up statement because they proved that uh, and, uh, even though they might have a weaker team, they still can get the result. You know, so Al-Ahli, um, <laughs> Al-Ahli played 10 African finals and they've only lost one African final away from home, uh, which was the one against uh, Ashanti Kotoko back in the 80s. And um, the game wasn't broadcast at the time. And uh, people are still talking about the game that Al-Ahli faced great injustice at the time. So Al-Ahli also have great record away from home um, in, the, in the African finals, which, um, which maybe tips them to maybe snatching the win or drawing and then going on to win uh, on penalties, um, maybe. But I think also, um, and I'd like to shed the, the light on that uh, before we um, we maybe um, try to predict the final score of the next game. Al-Ahli are also fa- facing uh, some uh, problems with, with defense, mainly with, they're conceding low number of shots, but they're, they're, they're conceding a high percentage of uh, of those shots as goals, as we've seen um, in the in the first leg. I think Wydad only had two or three shots on target, one goal. Al Ali had more than 14, 15 shots um, all over the game, and they managed to score also one goal. So um, the defense combination uh, of uh, Saad and Mohamed Nagib, along with uh, Sharif Ikromi, who's evidently low on confidence right now, Mustafa. Do you think maybe returning? I, I know, I know. You've said that uh, Al Ahly should stick to the same system, but with um, with the problems, even in the game uh, against uh, against Etwal, Al Ahly managed to concede two goals in a game that was technically over in the first 20 minutes. Sending Romi back uh, to a centre back and maybe putting uh, maybe Fathi in the midfield or or uh, adding another midfielder would be the solution. Or blindly sticking to the same system and the same players is uh, the key to winning the next game. Honestly, what you just said uh, explained brilliantly why I'm hesitant to say that Al-Ahli will come back with a 1-0 win. Those defensive mistakes and the obviously uh, Ikrami's uh, loss of confidence and focus lately is making me uh, hesitant to say Al-Ahli will win 1-0. I would stick to the formation, knowing that they, uh, the Wadad will have, uh, will play. We've seen how they played. We've played, the, we've played them three times already this year, twice in the group stages and, and, and once in the final. We know how well they can defend. So Hussam al-Badri has to play on what he saw and play with the, however he can counter this uh, defensive uh, solidness. Speaking of personnel, I honestly, I, I don't mind. Uh, I would prefer actually to have Rami back in the, in the back four and have Ahmed Fathi uh, uh, in midfield while uh, Hani plays on the right. When he played, he performed well. And I, and, and I think uh, Fathi will be uh, very strong in midfield uh, in the final. If uh, Badri decides to do that, I'd be a happy man. Okay, and... Uh... To the toughest part of um, of our podcast, give us your prediction, Mustafa. Uh, my heart tells me one zero, but I think it's going to be a one one. Uh, one one, and then um, and who then wins then Ahli on? Ahli Ahli. Oh, all right, uh, Marwan. 
I personally think it would be uh, it's, it's an uphill task, like I said previously, for for Al Ahli. Yes, they can win it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm confident that they have the ability to, uh, but they need to focus. They need all the players uh, playing on top gear, and I think they can do it. So uh, I'm going for a one-one uh, draw, and uh, then Al Ahli will win. I think um, we're all heading to the um, to that the game is going to end on penalties. Um, actually, for some reason, I don't have the confidence in Al Ahly players on penalties. Maybe one or two are good at penalties. Mainly Abdullah and Ahmed Metham if he comes on later on the game. The rest, I'm not sure. But uh, Akram is a good uh, Akram is a good keeper on penalties, so you have to keep that in mind as well. Yes. Yes, definitely, and um, hopefully for uh, for the sake of Al Ali fans and uh, and maybe the rest of uh, the Egyptian football fans, Al Ali return with um, with the ninth trophy, just as uh, Zamalek uh, returned with the, the tenth uh, African Champions League trophy uh, for uh, for the handball. Anyways, with that we end the this week's episode. Stay tuned for a big episode next week, um, finalizing. And analyzing the um, the CAF uh, Champions League, the whole tournament will be bringing you the uh, team of the tournament, Kingfoot's team of the tournament. So stay tuned and goodbye.